Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Twitter at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. People have their opinion. What other falsehoods are out there? A lot of the perception things about us. Are players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming and with our ability to to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we we can make a substantial leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now. My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago, and you can catch me and my buddy Big Dave Watson calling Bears games this season for the new amazing app called Hot Mike, that app that lets you choose your announcers. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. My co-host Jordan Malley is at Jordan C. Malley. Email us, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And, of course, that text to voicemail line always open for you and available to you for all of your Bulls thoughts and inquiries and questions. We'll be doing some mailbag content today. That number, again, 331-979-1369. It is open for you. 24-7-365. Just a quick shout out before we start today's show to the great people at DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our Locked On Bulls listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Well, as I said, I'm Matt Peck. Holding down the fort again solo today while Jordan is off. So guess what? You're stuck with me for the second day in a row. So I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And for that reason alone, I'm out. I'm out. I've got to say, I think this is a liability nightmare. You don't have any claims that you can back up, so I'm out. Um, We got a few different really interesting things to get to in today's episode. Mailbag kind of stuff. Uh, A lot of different topics to cover from... Bulls fans from all over the world. Um, that's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is doing mailbag and seeing just just all of the different places that uh, that Bulls fans live and breathe and and follow this team religiously and and also follow this podcast and listen to this podcast. It's uh, it's amazing to Jordan and myself um, <laughs> how many of you out there are listening in the far corners of the earth. Um, compared to right here in Chicago. So uh, we'll definitely get to some of our international um, listeners on today's mailbag stuff. And guess what? We're one day closer, y'all. We are one day closer. We've got media day coming up this coming Monday. We've got the first day of training camp and practice the day after that. We've got the Bulls' first preseason game October 7th. That is so soon. Um, really can't wait to hear uh, some of the things that 
the, the team and Jim Boylan and his staff have to say at media day coming up early next week. I wonder what we will hear from John Paxson. Um, speaking of which, uh, it just dropped earlier today. If you haven't seen it, Darnell Mayberry, our guy who has come on this podcast a handful of times, who does great work covering the Bulls for the Athletic Chicago, wrote a column that I really enjoyed, essentially calling for Paxson and the Bulls to speak boldly about their expectations for this season and also to actually set specific goals for the season ahead and that their goal should be to make the playoffs. It was very great uh, content from Darnell, well-written as always uh, when you're reading his stuff. And essentially the the main point of the column, and he says it right there in, in simple-to-read print, is no more excuses, Bulls. The pieces are in place. It is time this season to finally make something of this rebuild. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully everything and everybody comes through training camp fully healthy and ready to go. Sadoransky, you know, Jordan and I were talking about it a little bit on Monday's show, maybe a little bit worn down from his heavy usage for his Czech national team in the FIBA World Cup, in which he played very well. But other than that, and Chandler Hutchison's nagging hamstring, and hopefully a fully recovered Wendell Carter from his offseason uh, surgery on that core muscle injury. Hopefully everything is ready to go. Ducks in a row, everyone accounted for, everyone healthy. A bulkier Lowry Markkinen ready to take the league by storm. A confident Zach Levine who also maybe feels a little bit slighted with the lack of respect he got last season, the lack of recognition he got this uh, this offseason when everybody was coming out with their rankings of which NBA players are better than which and all of that kind of stuff. And Darnell simply laid it out and said, the Bulls straddled the fence last, last year's media day. Paxson said... You're not going to hear Gar and I talk to you about wins and losses. We want to see our, you know, we want to see this young team take a step forward and compete. But it was very vague and it was very bland and clearly, purposefully skirting responsibility. Not skirting responsibility, but skirting expectations and tamping down expectations. Because I think that they were aware that even if that roster had stayed altogether healthy last season, that they were still a ways away from actually competing and vying for a playoff spot. And, you know, it, it, it's not a horrible thing for them to have done last season to straddle that fence and, and tamper those, those expectations. But this year's different, as Darnell pointed out. You added the nice pieces in free agency that actually complement this roster. You add another top 10 draft pick in Kobe White. And you have two potential budding stars in Lowry Markkinen and Zach Levine, a, th- a potential third budding star in Wendell Carter Jr. You have the veterans. You got Otto in the trade. You bring in Thad Young. And you also bring in help for Jim Boylan, adding to his coaching staff guys who got a lot of credit in their most recent visits, Fleming in Brooklyn, 
Roy Rogers in Houston that can help you coach this young team to improve themselves as individuals and as a unit on both sides of the court. So as Darnell said, all pieces are in place. No more excuses. And if we hear from John Paxson at media day and someone asks him, what are the expectations for this season? What is your goal or what are your goals for this season? He should come out and say confidently, we are trying to make the playoffs this season. And even as someone who y'all know, I'm, I'm trying to maintain realism here. I'm not a, a pessimist who says this team still sucks. But I'm not over the moon saying, oh, they're going to they're gonna fight for the fourth or fifth seed. I don't think that's realistic. I think if everything goes well and everyone stays healthy, they have an outside chance of squeaking in to the eighth or maybe seventh seed. But that is asking a lot. That is asking for a 20 or so win improvement from last season. To get from 22 wins to about 40 or 42 wins, usually you get, you're going to need to hit that 40 win mark to hit to hit the seventh or eighth seed. Even in the East, you're going to need that number of wins, and that is asking a lot. But as Darnell pointed out in that column, several teams in the Eastern Conference have done so in just like the last four or five years. He cited several examples of teams making a similar jump. 20, 20 so wins for this team, 20 so wins for that team. The following season, they get to 40, 41, 42, and they get themselves into the back end of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It's possible. Personally, I don't think it's likely for the Bulls this season. But that doesn't mean that that still shouldn't be the goal. And that shouldn't be the goal that John Paxson comes out and tells the fan base and tells the media. At Media Day, you can't hide from it. In year three of a rebuild, you cannot hide from expectations. It's time. It's time to tell the fan base, we are trying to make the playoffs this year. The goal is to make the playoffs this year. And if they fall short, we all know, whatever. There's not going to be any consequences for anyone anyway because the Reinsdorfs are stuck in their ways. But still. We as fans deserve to hear that that is, in fact, the goal coming into this season. Will we? Well, we'll find out on Monday. So again, definitely check out that piece from Darnell uh, for The Athletic this morning if you haven't already. Great stuff. All right, before we get to some of our mailbag content, just wanted to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Now, let me tell you about this app because it is so cool. I just started using it like a couple weeks ago, and it is quickly becoming one of the favorite apps on my phone, and it is an awesome life hack. It's hard to find time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time or barely any free time, you can't read or work on your personal development. But there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it to our Locked on Bulls listeners. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, on your tablet, even on your web browser if you want. It takes the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 
Successful people are well known for being book readers. They read a lot. And Blinkist is made for busy people like you, like me, who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, while you exercise. We all know I'm not a big fan of that third one, but for those of you who are, 8 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and still growing library. From self-help books, business and health, even history books, Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but let's be honest, you never really had time to. Personally, I really like Blinkist because I enjoy watching interviews of authors who go on like late night shows, whether it's, uh, you know, Colbert or whoever else on late night or or like Trevor Noah, who has a lot of authors uh, doing book tours on The Daily Show. And a lot of them sound like in their discussion of the book that they are fascinating books that I would love to learn more about the topic, more so than just a five to seven minute interview on TV with the author. And, you know, some of it's famous, you know, celebrities of arts and entertainment. Some of it is, uh, you know, distinguished college professors from these amazing universities, scientists, historians, all these fascinating individuals that have these books that sound really interesting. But let's be honest, I'm not going to sit down and order that book and read it, especially if it's like seven, eight hundred pages long. All of my reading is dedicated to keeping up with the world of sports because that's what I do for a living. But I still want to get some of those books and some of that information from some of those people who I listen to for a quick interview or I see their book making the rounds on the bestseller list. And I think, wow, that's a very interesting topic and I'd like to know more about it. That's where Blinkist comes in. And that's why I am already so in love with this app. And I would really love it if our Lockdown Bulls listeners would try it because I think y'all will really like it too. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our Locked On Bulls audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Locked On to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Locked On to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Locked on. All right. With that, let's dive into some mailbag content for our mailbag Wednesdays. This one comes to us from Auntie from Finland. What's up, Finnish fam? Hey, guys. First of all, thanks for the great podcast. Um, can you answer a couple of questions for me? I'm coming to Chicago in November to see two Bulls games. Um, and because of that, the most important questions are at the end of this email. Okay. Um, so a couple of Bulls questions. What is the best closing lineup for the Bulls? I would go with Sadoransky, Levine, OPJ, Young, and Markinen. Um, that one's interesting. Closing lineups, of course, there's this, you know, growing trend about it's not about who starts games, it's about who finishes games when you're talking about, you know, five man lineups and rotations and all that stuff. And I think there is uh, a certain level of of credit to to that logic. And with this Bulls team specifically, I would say 
you know, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it would depend and vary night to night based on the Bulls' opponent and what Jim Boylan's trying to do to adjust to the coach he's coaching against uh, and the roster that he's trying to to, to stop and slow down um, on a nightly basis. But this closing five that Antti from Finland suggests of Sadoransky, Levine, Otto, Young, and Markkanen, I think that's pretty good. So obviously that is essentially what we all would, I think, generally believe to be the starting lineup, but then having Thad Young in in place of Wendell Carter Jr. So maybe a little bit more veteran experience on the floor, perhaps Young right now at least more equipped to handle defensively some of the more juggernaut bigs who can score at the NBA level. And I, I think there's certainly some some validity to making that suggestion. Now, of course, we all want to see Wendell make a big stride this season. But we did see him struggle, uh, whether it was foul trouble or just getting worked by guys who had more body mass, were stronger, had a, you know, a tool and a, and a wide array of moves that Wendell, you know, had had trouble slowing down when trying to guard one-on-one. We also saw Wendell do some amazing things as a rim protector and a help defender. And I think for the most part, Bulls fans believe that that ceiling for Wendell as a defensive specialist is going to be pretty high. But for this season, in crunch time, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that maybe Thad Young is going to see a lot of fourth quarter minutes given his experience in this league. And then, of course, as far as having guys out there on the floor who could score, you're going to want Levine, Otto, and Markinen out there for sure. Sadoransky, I think, is probably going to be closing games instead of Kobe White or Chris Dunn. So, question two. Who is the best acquisition of the summer? In my opinion, it's Sadoransky because he plays the most important position in basketball. He makes people around him better and is unselfish. Um, I, I would agree that Sato is the best basketball acquisition I think Thad Young is also going to bring a lot to the table when you're talking about what he's contributing in the box score every night he can be a 10 and 10 kind of guy off the bench but he is also going to contribute so much in terms of veteran leadership with this team everyone I've talked to who is in and around the Pacers organization since the Bulls made this signing have said we're heartbroken that Thad Young is no longer here. Everyone loves that guy. He's going to immediately be a respected veteran voice on the court, in the you know, in on the bench in timeouts, and of course, especially in the locker room and when the teams, you know, hanging out together on road trips, all that kind of stuff. Thad Young is going to provide that veteran leadership that this young team so desperately needs. So in that sense, in some way, I think Thad Young signing is just as important as Sadoransky's. But given the fact that I think Sato is going to start, and I think that all of the things that he does, and and Annie touched on a couple of them, you know, he's you got to have a solid floor general out there. He makes his teammates better with his low usage percentage, his solid assist to turnover ratio, and all that stuff. Yes, I agree. Sato, in my opinion is going to make a big difference for this team. And I think he was the best acquisition of the summer. And then, because Antti is coming all the way to Chicago to see a couple games this season from Finland, he says, what is the best pizza place in town? 
and the best burger place. Keep up the good work, Andy. Um, thank you for your Bulls questions, and I hope you have a great time when you come to Chicago in November. Hopefully, winter hasn't completely hit, depending on when in November you're arriving. Sometimes we'll get some early snowfall in late October. You never know. Uh, but even in late fall, early winter, Chicago is a beautiful city. And as far as the food, best pizza place in town right now, to me, hands down, is Pequod's. Um, they, their deep dish is, I think, just tops in the city right now. There are a couple other places out in the suburbs that I think have Pequod's beat by a little bit, little mom, mom and pop uh, pizza places that are scattered throughout the Chicago suburbs. But as far as in Chicago, right now, Pequod's is my number one. Personally, as much love as they get, I think Lou Malnati's is overrated. I think that their deep dish is a little too greasy um, and not in a good way. And Giordano's is just kind of the generic. They're like the Domino's of Chicago-style pizza. Um, I also really do like uh, the Art of Pizza. Uh, Chicago's pizza ain't too bad. But to me right now, hands down, Pequod's is the place to check it out if you are trying to have a good piece of Chicago-style deep dish for the first time in your life. Best Burger plays tons of options in this city. I mean, you got Au Cheval and then Small, Small Cheval. Uh, you've got, um, and so Small Cheval, that's in West Loop, Au, Au Cheval, downtown. Um, Mott and Mini Mott. Mott is in Wicker Park. Mini Mott in Logan Square. Their Mott burgers are amazing. Uh, the Acadia Burger at the Acadia in the uh, near south side is getting a lot of love on a lot of Chicago burger ranking lists recently. Haven't tried that one yet, but I've heard nothing but good things. Um, let's see. A few other ones. Uh, Kuma's Corner, which is in Avondale, has this amazing burger called the Slayer. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's basically anything you could ever think of putting on a burger, put on a burger. Um, and that one is at Kuma's Corner in Avondale. And I just went to Burger Fest uh, a few weeks ago, and my favorite burger that I tried at Burger Fest in Chicago was the Super Ui Gooey at Fatso's Last Stand. Fatso's Last Stand in Ukrainian Village, their Super Ui Gooey burger is as delicious as it sounds. So there's a couple options there. And then I know you didn't ask, but because this is Chicago... I would be remiss if I did not also tell you, Auntie, that you got to go to Portillo's and you got you got to get yourself a Italian beef sandwich. Maybe get yourself a beef sausage combo. Either way, you're going to want to get that dipped, which means you submerge the entire sandwich in their beef gravy. And you're going to want to get that with either sweet peppers or the hot jardinere, whichever you prefer. I basically just switch it up every time. Sometimes I get both, but you're definitely going to want to go to Portillo's, get yourself a Chicago-style dog, get yourself an Italian beef dip sandwich, maybe throw a sausage in there for a, a beef co- sausage combo. Uh, and if you're a big fan of the sweets, you got to try the cake shake. The chocolate cake shake for Portillo's is also mwah, so damn good. So check out those spots. Overeat, that's what we as Chicagoans do, especially as we start to get towards that colder temperature weather in November. So have a great time in Chicago. Have a great time at the United Center. And uh, let me know what your favorite Chicago food was that you tried on your trip. Thanks for checking in. All right. Next question in Mailbag comes to us from Jack at Indiana State University. 
Hey guys, my question is pretty straightforward. As of right now, do you think the future of this team will be able to compete for a championship? Thanks for the question, Jack. Um, so I, I'm assuming that his question here is, as he says, as of right now, do you think the future of this team can compete for a title? No. I think that this team is still one big piece away from being a legitimate title contender, and that's even assuming that Lowry and Zach and Wendell all hit their stride and you know and breach their ceilings as young all-star caliber players. Even with that, I still think that this roster would not be good enough to actually compete for a title. Make some playoff runs? Yeah, absolutely. But I just, there's so much talent in the league right now. And there are a lot of young, talented teams in this Eastern Conference. So I don't think it's realistic to say that given this roster as it's currently constructed, that the championship contention is in their future. However, if the Bulls are, by some miracle, contrary to recent history, able to add a big piece, either by landing a juggernaut free agent or pulling off, you know, one of the better trades in franchise history to get a star that way. And they have these solid complementary pieces like, you know, I think we all believe Zach Levine could be a good number two on a really competitive team. Larry Markkinen could be a really good number two on a really competitive team. But I think most Bulls fans who were looking at this through a realistic lens are saying that number one guy, that number one guy who's going to go win you a playoff game at the buzzer, who's going to go win you a playoff game single-handedly on the road when you need him to, we don't have what looks to be that guy on this roster right now. And for that reason, my answer to your question, Jack, is unfortunately no. But I appreciate the question, and hopefully that changes sometime in the coming years as we see these young players and this young roster develop. All right, and last one before we get out of here. It's our friend Tiago on Facebook. Reminder... We've got our text voicemail line, 331-979-1369. You can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnBulls or at Bulls underscore Peck or Jordan C. Malley. But you can also, if you don't want to text us or call us, if you don't do email, but you are on Facebook, hit us up on Facebook. We're there at Facebook.com slash LockedOnShyBulls. So here is our loyal listener, Tiago, checking in from the Czech Republic. Hey guys, long time, but I've kept up listening from the Czech Republic. My question is simple. How would you feel if Lowry's ceiling is Kevin Love and Kevin Love's golden days? As a side note, I can see the cultural background of European players hurt their career, uh, specifically North European players like Finnish players where they might apologize for dunking on someone. Have a great start to the season, and thank you for the podcast. Thanks for checking in, Tiago. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, Jordan and I have touched on that before, and you know, as we were maybe watching Lowry be a little bit hesitant at times last season to really take over, demand the ball when he had mismatches, you look at the box score and you say, how the hell did Lowry only take you know seven or eight shots tonight? That's totally unacceptable. Is it his fault? Is it the coach's fault? Is it his teammate's fault for not getting him involved? And we always wondered if maybe some of that is like Lowry and his 
polite Finnish demeanor and and whether or not that was a factor in really demanding, hey, I'm the best player on the court right now. Give me the damn ball, as Americans could be so rude and brutish like we are want to do. Um, but as of the question about Lowry and his ceiling and would I feel good if Lowry's ceiling was prime Kevin Love? Again, it goes back to what we were just talking about and Jack's question about is this core right now good enough to grow into a championship contender? Because if Lowry grows into a prime Kevin Love as his ceiling, then you're talking about Lowry being a guy who in Kevin Love's best years in Minnesota, in his younger prime, you know, ages like 22 to 25, uh, which included in that span of 2010-11 to 2013-14, Three all-star appearances in four seasons. The other one being 2012-13 when he only played 18 games because of injury. But So his best season statistically, his first all-star year was 10-11 when he averaged 20 and 15.2 when he was the rebounding king of the NBA. Led the league 15.2 rebounds per game and 20 points per game. In that season, he shot 41.7% from downtown on three attempts per game, 47% overall from the field. Following season, in just 55 games, he averaged 26 and 13. 26 and 13. And then the down year with the injury where he only played 18 games and then another all-star season 77 games played 26 and 12 and a half and in that season 45.7 percent from the field 37.6 percent from downtown uh on 6.6 attempts per game so in the latter stages of his minnesota prime his number of three-point attempts went up as he tried to make that a bigger part of his game. And because of that, it dipped a little bit. But I mean, if you tell me that you could get Lowry Markkinen to be a guy who averaged that over a season, right? Because we all get excited when we saw that month of February that we always talk about where Lowry averaged 26 and 12. So if he were to do that over a full season, then you're talking about prime years, Kevin Love. And my answer is, yeah, I'd be damn happy with that. If Lowry became a player averaging 26 and 12 over a full NBA season, I would be elated with that. And then, again, as far as Jack's question, if Lowry's averaging 26 and 12, can he be a dominant enough player, an all NBA caliber player? Kevin Love, by the way, two all NBA selections back in the prime of his career to be the best guy on your team that's competing for championships. And that's where I say, I don't know. Would be great if it were true. Would be great if it works out that way. But even still, if the Bulls could find a complimentary piece, if Zach and Lowry end up being those complimentary pieces, and Zach can average, you know, like 28, 5, and 5, and and Lowry's averaging prime Kevin Love numbers of 26 and 12 or 25 and and 15 then hell yeah I would be very happy with that when it comes to what Lowry Markkinen could mean to this franchise and the fact that you got him in a trade that at the time a lot of people were hesitant about tearing things down and starting over and whether or not Lowry was going to end up being a good pick at seven and all the all of the doubt that that Lowry was faced with when the Bulls hit the rebuild button, and he was a big part of that trade. If what we ended up getting was, I mean, and if Lowry turns into that kind of player, you have to argue that maybe, 
not only is that a great steal of a value in the Jimmy trade, but that that's the steal of the draft. And we'll see what the other members of that 2017 draft class end up doing. But a lot of people even already believe that if the if you were to redraft the 2017 draft class, Lowry, instead of going seven, could could maybe go top three and certainly would go top five. Probably go top three. So already we feel that way. If he turns into a 25 and 15 player, hell yeah. Then you're saying the, the Bulls won the 2017 draft. And maybe with that player, all NBA caliber player, and the right pieces around, you're talking about deep playoff runs and maybe title contention. So hell yeah, I'd feel pretty damn good about that. Thanks for checking in, Tiago. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Auntie, for checking in from Finland. Uh, and thank you to all of our loyal Locked On Bulls listeners. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with another fresh episode as we get closer to media day, closer to the start of training camp. It's so close, I can smell it. I can smell the fresh new sneakers. I can smell the rubber of the basketball. I can even smell the sweat of those people who aren't myself exercising. And I love it. Can't wait. Uh, For my co-host, Jordan Malley, I am at Peck saying thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can hit us up in between today and tomorrow's episode at Locked On Bulls on Twitter. He's at Jordan C. Malley. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. And, of course, that text to voicemail line, 331-979-1369. I know we have some new fresh voicemails in that inbox. I'm planning on saving those for when Jordan and I can both be here to listen to them and attack those. So hopefully we'll do that tomorrow or maybe on Friday. Uh, Appreciate y'all. And we will talk to you next time. Peace out. Well, first of all, when I talked to Jerry West, it was whipped cream on a turd. Still tastes like And it's batted free. Got it back. Lifts it for Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Cameron Payne. I'm telling you, he's having an out-of-body experience. Tonight. Seven of 11. Oh, my goodness. All of his field goals have been three. Wow. You'd have told me Cameron Payne would make seven threes in a game. I might have slapped you, Neil. Look at Jerry West. What is Felicio doing? I'm not sure. Pound Sam. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com 